You're listening to No Dice, No Problem, a new monthly Asians represent variety show hosted by Drew Kwan and me, Daniel Kwan, on the One Shot Podcast Network. Check out uncut video and other exclusive content at patreon.com slash AZNS represent. Welcome everyone back to No Dice, No Problem. This is our third episode of the show. Uh, I'm Daniel. We've got Drew. And we're going to be... Uh, We've got quite the episode ahead of us. We got quite the episode ahead of us. Uh, I've just come back from first con of the year, I think. Yeah, I just came back from the first con of the year, Breakout Con, and it was awesome. It was super cool. Got to play test the new game, Wandering Blades, that Liana and I are working on and will be using on Asians Rep. I'm super excited about that. And I played a truckload of magic over the weekend. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. A lot of people that we know, like, showed up a lot of ttrpg folks that were local um some traveled in i think emma and i were there both days and we played a ton of magic we did a panel together we actually did a cultural consultation during the panel because one of the audience members literally went and asked like what does a cultural consultation like look like what are you kind of looking for and i said you know what we're gonna do something now and i said everybody in the room pull out your phone and i want you to look up the magic card dockside chef from like Kamigawa and everybody pulled it up and literally every Asian person that was like attending the panel went, Oh, yeah, that one's and, then tough. The, and then all the white people were just like, what? or just say non-Asian people. Um, we're just like, what? And they didn't know. And then we kind of walked them through it. And at the end, everybody was like, I get it. I totally get it. Um, but yeah, breakout con was super fun. Would 100% go again. Um, really excited about the playtest too, because I thought it just went so well. Uh, but enough of me sort of like oh, rubbing yeah. Breakout Con in your face, Drew. How are you doing? How are you <laughs> Listen, doing? Listen, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to a convention. Listen, they're just all so far away, you know? Are there any low? There, there've got to be local cons near. There's right? like local. There's like local conventions. Do I know? <laughs> like, like, like the ASTL, which is like the Anime St. Louis, is coming up or whatever. Okay. Like, I, I'm not going to to that. Like, and like I I don't know if there are any game conventions around here. And if there are, right. I don't have any friends going. You know, like oh, that's so sad. Like, like so. No, the, wait, like, just, there are like a handful of people on the Asians represent server who are like in your area, right? It's Jay. <laughs> there Jay. are two. There are two, two that I believe. Shout out to Jay. Yeah, shout out to Jay. And the other one is uh, God, we played uh, World War Z together. Um. Mouse. 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 Yeah. 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 Shout out to those two. Um, that was a Shout fun game, to too. You know, it's surprisingly on topic, too, because this episode is called Daniel and Drew Survive the Apocalypse. And the two other St. Louis folks we played World War Z game with. We we did. We did. We, we that did. game is so good. That game is great. Really I, underrated. I, I am very upset <laughs> that Back for Blood felt worse than World War Z. Oh, God. That game. That game was you so know? disappointing. The game was Honestly, so disappointing. We were so hyped. I would. We were so hyped. I'd be down to give another try though, because like there's new DLC. Anymore. There's like new DLC and shit. Now. I don't have Game Pass anymore. I don't want to pay for that. Yeah, game. yeah. Now, unless, well, now there's unless like Agatha this, would um, let me expense it for Asians represent, but I don't sure, think so. sure. <laughs> but now there's like this um, uh, not it's not quite a roguelike element, but it's like you you can find these caverns or like these cave tunnels now. Right. That then take you deep into the bowels of like this, the, the, the ridden complex like of like, yeah, like their hive. 
and you can choose to like keep going further down or like leave to get out with uh, not as good stuff. So it seems cool. So they're but, really bringing in that sort of roguelike sort of thing, that risk. Yeah, reward except element. I don't got, you know, the, the card system was the real draw for me, like the decks that you could build. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know, you could build a deck of cards and as you uh, played. Each also, level, this is not a went, this is not a tabletop RPG we're talking about. We're talking about. A no, this is a video shooter. game. Yeah. And, and you you play as like zombie survivors who are trying to go through these missions and like it's it's set up like a campaign. But the further you go in it, uh, every uh, new level, you add like extra cards to your, uh, I guess, equipment, I guess. Like, yeah, you these can you, it's modify like your things. It's like your loadout. Yeah, they, almost. And they modify things. But the issue is, is when you build your deck it's not randomized. You're not drawing them like a hand of shuffled cards. Mm -hmm. It's just like you build them in brackets of five and you always draw them in those orders. And that's so boring because the appeal of roguelikes and things like that is like the chaos of it. And you don't have that in that game. And so it's boring. You just, because you always (laughs) know the exact route that you're always going to take with your deck. So it's like you, half of those cards don't matter because you're always going to pick a certain set of cards. You want it to be like Slay the Spire. Yeah, I want it to be chaos. You want it to be like Slay the Spire, where it's like kind yeah. of random. And I, I would be interested to see what would trigger, you know, the drawing of a card, right? Like what, yeah. what triggers it? Um, but yeah, no, I I totally feel the same way about um, about Back for Blood. No, yeah, World War Z was lit though. World War Z was really great. That game is phenomenal. I, I just wish there was more support for it. Um, yeah. There was that new version that came out where they had um a, like a, a first person like mode really like, yeah you can go first person in oh. now oh. yeah um, i know they added the french dlc like the yeah but we played that like you, we played that that was like we? yeah we played that i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> it was a long it was a long time ago that game was great yeah. i mean right now we're playing um uh like sons Sun, of the forest Sun of the forest yeah yeah i said That's sons lit. of the florist Hey, you know what? <laughs> it's a whole different game. But Sons of the it's Forest. Equally, it's just like it's like a family business great. where you have to survive the yeah. expectations of your family as sure, you know, the flower sure. business. I already do that every day. Not the florist uh, part, but not the florist part. Just being just being an Asian American kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, no, we're playing Sons of the Forest, and that's really fun. Um, we haven't played it this week actually, and we need to kind of get back into that because you ended up yeah. losing all of your stuff because of a glitch. Um, which Fuck is my game. Sorry to remind you that that was super I'm disappointing. S- makes me so mad. But you know, it's what you get with an early access game, and at Damn. least we didn't lose all of our progress. Yeah, that would have been real bad. Three out of that. That would have been honestly. That would have been game ending for me. That happened with the first Dead Island game on the PS3 for me. So I was like, I think it was like sixty or seventy percent way through the original Dead Island, and yeah. I ran into a save glitch. And I lost hours of progress uh, on like a mission that I was playing. And I just stopped. I was like, fuck this. And I just never went back. Yep. Because I understand. I'm not, I don't want to do that again. And it isn't compelling enough for me to, to kind of go and just like, you know what? I'm going to do all of this. Every single like retrieval mission over again. Nah. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, Uh you know, it's a, it is what it is. Um, And when you find a good sort of like, survival video game or multiplayer video game i should say as well um you kind of stick with it but i mean look if we get a group of people back into world war z i'll i'll try it again um but right now 
Sons of the Forest. And then they eventually have to get the Resident Evil 4 remake. Uh, because I'm surprised you aren't already knee deep in that game. Um, I just haven't had the time. I mean, I talked about it before. Like, I have a really hard time getting into single player games because I always want to socialize over video sure. games and play like another thing. Like last night, we were just playing Battlefield 2042. Yeah. Um, I have. I think over 500 hours on it now at this point. I don't uh, doubt it. But like, I love that game, but not because the gameplay is like extraordinary. Like it's a great experience, but I like the social aspect of it. Sure. Um, yeah, I haven't been getting into any single player games just because of that. Like I still haven't really made it that far into Persona 4 because again, mm. I'd rather socialize. Genshin Impact, I kind of like go through waves of that. Like I'll play through some quests and stuff. Um, but then like, I'd rather socialize. Um, I just bought the Neverwinter enhanced edition on steam because it was on oh, sale because okay. of the yeah. D and D direct. Right. When yeah. I, I don't know if I'm assuming it was timed, but it was like $6 Canadian. It was like 75% off. And yeah. Like, you know what? Yeah. I'll have it was timed. Um, cause um, they had as part of the announcements or whatever that all this, like all their games on steam were going to be on sale. Yeah. Okay. I must've missed that, but yeah, I, uh, I ended up buying it and I haven't even started it yet. I installed it. Um, but yeah, single yeah. player games take me a really long time. Resident Evil 4 is like the original GameCube game is one of my favorite video games of all time. So I know mm. I'm going to play it, but it's a single player game. So I'm going to wait a bit because they there is like a there was like a DL, DLC story that came mm-hmm. originally with the PS2 port of Resident Evil 4 where you play as Ada Wong. Um, and that yeah. isn't in the remake yet. And Mercenaries mode isn't in the remake yet so by the time i probably get to it there will be i'll have lots of content to get through but i played the demo and it was incredible it was everything i wanted so and Mm -hmm. i've only heard good things about it so yeah i can't wait Uh, i'm gonna eventually play it but multiplayer games always get in the way always get in the way. i understand yeah right Uh, recently i've been playing I, i i am normally the same way but recently I've been playing a lot of uh, Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord again. Oh, yeah, you love that game. Which is a game. Yeah, you know, it's a game that I love, but I also think it's genuinely boring a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, the way you said it, you were like, it's it's a game. It's a game. It's like, listen, it's just so sandboxy and sometimes so slow paced mm. um, that I, it's just kind of boring. But like the feeling of rushing across the steps on your horse with your lance and getting a dude yeah feels great you know <laughs> it's just like the in-between stuff that's boring so uh you know you end up i end up just cheating my way to the top and just having big glorified battles you know? <laughs> like, i don't care <laughs> i just input console commands and, and go go nuts just, just i don't go care nuts. yeah i, I mean like, look, what, whatever's fun for you right whatever's yeah. fun for you i yeah i those big games like especially like open world games i i i need to have something to continuously like pull me in like like hey, did you ever finish halo infinite nah the campaign was like an open world fps campaign it was so boring because everything looked the same like i beat the campaign just because i want it like I, i've beaten every halo game but yeah god that campaign sucked that campaign was it was just so bad i just and got real I, bored and we played the multiplayer a lot but then there were all these technical issues and big team battle wasn't working and then we were all just kind of yeah. like, eh, yeah. let's play Battlefield now. And we were playing Battlefield 4 for a while. And then 2042 came out. And now, honestly, 2042 is an incredible game. Like I said, it's nothing special. 
but like it is a full I say it's nothing special. It's a great game. It's incredible. It's a functional battlefield game. Uh, they have the classes in it. Good. They're honestly they're supporting it, and sixty four v sixty four people, and it's just chaos and low stakes. And Love I can't co- I can't complain with that. And plus, like yeah. when we played in the Asians represent server, it's just a lot of fun. Um, but uh, speaking of which, like I had brought this up earlier, and I had it on like the agenda. We had actually put off recording this episode until the D&D Direct, thinking that mm-hmm. we would get some like big news that we would talk about. What did you think of it? Did you did you watch the whole thing? Uh, I watched parts of it or I just kind of caught up with like the back end, the articles where everyone, you know, every news site that's applicable. Yeah, we're talking about it. it. Um, what do eh, you think? You know, yeah. Just a lot of stuff about uh, the movie. D&D Minecraft seems kind of cool. Honestly, I'm surprised I, it didn't happen yet. I like that D&D is coming to Minecraft. I think that's cool. It makes sense. Yeah. Do I like that Minecraft is coming to D&D, even if it's in the form of a free, <laughs> even if it's free? I don't know. <laughs> like, if you look at the artwork, too, for those five right. monsters, um, I don't know why they're so grayed out. They they just have a ton of gray on them, and it's like all the color got leached out of the characters. And so I'm I, just like, I it's never a weird choice. That. It's a weird choice, uh, you know. But it's like, let's. I don't know. I just, it's just strange. Like, I don't think it's bad. Strange. It's just like perplexing. Strange. I, but also, I, I read them and they seem cool, but they're not mind-blowing me with like anything new it feels like Um, yeah i i mean like i i'm trying to figure out where this gray is coming from like i'm looking at some screenshots right now from a polygon article and i don't know it it looks i mean the displacer beast looks very gray but like i don't know it it looks all right to me like i'm very curious about the experience is it just going to be like a full-fledged D campaign like how much have they recreated oh in in the Oh yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I don't mean the artwork of D&D in Minecraft, but the Minecraft oh. artwork for D&D, for the stat blocks. Like oh. the D&D artwork of, like, the Creeper and shit like that. I see. It's just super gray for some reason. Okay. I, I don't quite understand why. I, like, secretly um, hope that, I mean, they said that, you know, it's a full D&D experience, and they actually made Candlekeep in Minecraft. Okay, so now it's kind of lit. Yeah, it looks cool. cool. It looks kind of cool. Like, can you do it in multiplayer? Like, I'd play the shit out of Uh, it. I'm sure you can. There's no way you can't. Like, I I would absolutely play this. Do you know, like, I would lose my mind if, I mean, they they said that they made Candlekeep. Did they make the Temple of the Immortal Lotus? Can I literally, literally experience the adventure that I wrote in Minecraft? Like that'd be kind of cool. I'd freak out. I'd freak out. And it'd be so cool to see that. Um, so like I am very optimistic about that. Honestly, that was a big highlight for me. Like the DD movie, I can't wait to see it. Um, I'm glad yeah, to hear cool so that it's like getting really great reviews. I'm gonna go watch it, but I haven't been to a movie in like since before the pandemic. Yeah. And the first movie back is gonna be John Wick 4. 
I'm going to see John Wick 4 first. And I actually have plans to go see it on my mom's birthday. My mom wants to go see it. So the entire Hell family yeah. is going to go see John Wick. Oh, yeah, you told I, me dude, about that. I can't yeah. fucking wait for John Wick 4. That's and then stuff. I'll watch the D&D movie. Um, I'm uh, this Friday night. I'm hmm. supposed to watch because uh, I've not seen three somehow. I just you haven't seen I John Wick three. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Because you know what's funny, too, is because I place John Wick one, two and three as my top three action movies all time. Well, you haven't seen without ever without ever seeing three because I believe in it. (laughs) So John Wick. So wait. So John Wick three is so good. That you didn't even have to go see it. No, 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 no. So it's the idea of it. It's just like the idea of John Wick. So basically you're if you're top five, if you're. Okay, well, I want to know your top five action movies then. If your top five action movies in no particular order are John Wick 1, 2, and 3, what are the other two? You also haven't seen John Wick. That blows my mind that you haven't seen John Wick 3. It, first of all, that, that that fact alone blows my mind. And then on top of that, it's in your top five. Yeah, with how much I you talk about John Wick. <laughs> like, okay, what are the other two in your top five then? Like, what are they? Uh... I don't know. Unsolved mysteries. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. What are my other two? Um, like, would you would you just put all of John Wick, or could you say? Yeah, I'm reserving like, that for John, John Wick, Wick four and five. Or would you say <laughs> your top <laughs> your top five action movies of all time? Just John Wick. Yeah, my favorite, uh, my top five action movies in no particular order are John Wick one, John Wick two, John Wick three, maybe John, John Wick, Wick three, four, maybe John, John Wick, Wick four. Five. What about what about Ballerina, the upcoming spinoff of John Wick? Ain't John Wick. It ain't John Wick. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll have to we'll have to see John Wick four. I dude, I can't. You haven't you haven't seen John Wick three? We talk about this all don't the time. Worry, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <sighs> that hurts. Listen, but I'm supposed to watch it this Friday night. So like, okay. Well, I I I, I want to. <sighs> all I know about John Wick three is that there's like. Horses and katanas. That's all I know. <sighs> so it's not like I even know it by osmosis. I really have not seen it. And I've not seen any media that talks about it. Like, I really skipped by that. <laughs> it's like you didn't want... You avoided John Wick 3 spoilers because you didn't want it to be spoiled for you. And then you just never went to actually watch it. Yeah, it's great. My soul hurts. Listen, shout out, you know? My soul hurts. <laughs> I'm thinking about like what my top five action movies are. And I don't think I could like put them in order. I would put the John Wick franchise as one. I, I okay. don't want I would yeah. put the John Wick franchise as one. Um, okay. John Wick would if be you had to name, If you had to name so far uh, the best John Wick movie to you. Ooh. I mean, the first out, one is... Out really- of the... Out of the the three that are in my heart. <laughs> three that are in your heart. Two of them are in your mind. <laughs> yeah, two are in my <laughs> mind. And the second one is the best. I out think the, the, out- the second one has the best action, I think. Well, no, actually, yes. the third one has some incredible action. There's this, there's this action sequence with Halle Berry and Keanu in Morocco that involved dogs. And it's really good. It's really fucking good. But I think it's really good because of the dogs in that scene and it was kind of novel um i think 
John Wick 2, the catacomb scene and the lead up to it was was incredible. But to me, that entire scene just felt like a Terran tactical ad Um, Mm. with the way he was just like wearing his like three gun gear. Um, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was cool. I thought it was interesting seeing like the bulletproof suits. But I think John Wick 3 had like the best action sequences from I don't know. I don't think I could rank them. They're all good in their own way. Listen, um, which is I why I group love, them into one. I just love Keanu Reeves and Common shooting at each other. That's that. That's that. In D anD D, you could do that. And everybody's just rolling and nobody's hitting, and everybody's just rolling D twenty <laughs> and nobody's hitting. That's exactly yeah. what that scene is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, great. It's I great. think I know my top five. Not in not no particular order. Okay. John Wick franchise is one of the five. Okay. Hard Boiled and the movies of John Woo are also okay. one of the top five. All I would rank. They're incredible. They're incredible. And I mean, I'm talking like Face Off, Hard Boiled, The Killer, um, Better Tomorrow. I love John Woo movies. Um, I have a big John Woo DVD collection, actually. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but I would rank Hard Boiled as my favorite John Woo movie because there is this incredible shootout that takes place at the start of the movie in this like dim sum restaurant. Uh, it, it's so good. We'll have to watch. We'll have to watch Hard Boiled if you haven't. You haven't seen it. I'm assuming you haven't no, seen I've, it. I've, no, of course I have not. not. Of course not. Um, this is yeah, why yeah. we don't have a movie podcast because John. Sorry, John who? John, John who? who? John John Woo. John, um, John Wick. So Hello, John Wick. Hard Boiled slash the movies of John Woo. Then I would have the raid, the Indonesian film, the raid. Sure, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, have you seen that? Uh, I've seen, I've seen all the important parts, which are the action sequences. <laughs> Listen, I don't watch movies. I don't watch that many movies. Damn it! Um, yeah, so it'd be the raid. The action sequences from like the raid two were incredible, but there was something that really scrappy about the production of the first raid movie, plus Mike Shinoda mm-hmm. doing the like the music. That made it really special in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. So that's three. So John Wick, Hard Boiled. So John Wick franchise, John Woo's movies, and with Hard Boiled as like the masterpiece in my mind. Uh, the Raid, Raid 1 and 2 are are like incredible movies. Um, then I would, I think, a part of me would want to put like, like Enter the Dragon up there. But I think if I were to pick like a martial arts movie, I might actually pick one that has stuck with me for a really long time. And it's like, I think it's Police Story 4. It's a Jackie Chan movie. Okay. Um, yeah. Where um, he goes to Australia and he fights a shark. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the films of Jackie Chan, um, although Police Story 1 has the most incredible stunts ever, he got like third degree burns on his hands sliding down a pole oh yeah i've seen with, like, that i've bulbs. seen that incredible yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff so you know what i'm gonna yeah. police story uh one so the first police story movie there mm-hmm. and then i think the next one i would add is i want to say like everything everywhere all at once but to me it's not an action movie it's like if i were to pick like a sci-fi movie i think we could yeah. debate whether or not that was an action movie like it is a movie that undeniably has action yeah but well, the action's I, not the core of the story. I think like, I just it's not put, the core. I think of... I, I just picked Die Hard. I think I just picked Die Hard. And I don't know if this is like a really vanilla top five, right? Like, in no order. Again, like John Wick, Hard Boiled, Die Hard, The Raid, and like maybe Police Story 1 or Enter the Dragon. Okay. Here's my top five in order. 
from from fifth place to first. Okay, John Wick five, John Wick four, John Wick three, two, one. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Oh, but what about Predator? John Wick five, of course. John Wick four. Uh huh. John Wick three. Oh, in your heart. John Wick two. In your mind. Sniper Special Ops featuring Steven Seagal. <laughs> I introduced my partner to Steven Seagal movies <laughs> a while ago. Like I, I said, you know what, Sarah, we're gonna watch. Yeah. We're gonna watch Under Siege. And it's like the goo. It, it's just, it's such a it's goofy, so goofy. It's so goofy, and made uh, goofier by the fact that it's not. None of it's trying to be goofy. None of it's. No, he takes himself so seriously. He's so serious. So serious. Oh, you know what's another movie that might be my top five? Ong Bak. Ong Which Bak. One? Ong Bak. Mm. That you haven't seen it, have you? No. I, I mmed like I did, yeah. but I didn't. <laughs> I would call you out on that shit. <laughs> I mmed and nodded. <laughs> oh, on back, that movie is fucking incredible. And then, yeah, and I think there are other movies that, that could like be like a thriller. And I don't know if we'd pick a thriller to go in like an action movie. Um, sure, yeah. But oh, on back would definitely be in there. Oh, on back might actually knock out. I don't know. I have to think about this. But yeah, those are my top five. Um, oh, yeah. God, I love action movies. How do we get here? Oh, yeah. We were talking about D&D Direct uh, yeah, and, yeah. The, um, and the D&D movie and how we both haven't seen it yet. And we haven't seen John Wick 4 yet. And you haven't seen John Wick 3, even though it's in your top five Listen, favorite. Yeah, Friday, I'll, I think, probably. Oh, think. What if I just don't? What if I just watch? What if I watch chapter one and chapter two? I clearly no have one to watch chapter four? three. And then I just don't. Yeah. What if I just skip and it entirely? Just go watch it. Oh, God. <laughs> And then you just write a fanfic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my that's my chapter three. I I mean, John Wick Four has some incredible, like the cast is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like I I am very very excited to see Donnie Yen and John Wick, but I am even more excited to see Scott Adkins. Yeah, in a John Wick movie, like he's dude. he's wearing like the like the fat suit and he's playing this like like Eastern European gangster like. I I really want that role to put him in front of like a bigger audience because he is like the king of direct to DVD action. Like dude yeah. is so good. He's been in some like high profile things, but never as like a lead or never in a very prominent role. So uh, I really hope Scott Adkins is like a standout in that movie. Um, oh, speaking of like action hmm. stars and stuff like that, and just like uh, s- stunt oriented people, you know, right. Uh, I have finally seen my first thing with uh, Louis Tan in it. What was it? It's uh, Shadow and Bone season two. It just came out on Netflix. Oh, is he? Is he? I didn't he's watch season it. one. Yeah, he's in it. <laughs> nah, it's uh, season one's good. Season two. Mm, mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I'm, it's I'm halfway like, through and it feels very all right. It's like we said, it's like I like looking at Louis Tan, but Louis Tan's not in a lot of good things. He's good looking, but he's not in a lot of good which, movies. Which, which really sucks because um, I really loved season one. Right. I'm happy with like season a, two. A, an issue with and racism it just feels in it? fine. Yeah, because like, um, what's her face? The main character. Like they made um, it all like she, the, the actress is mixed, right? And then sure, they, yeah. they made it up. They kind of wrote in some more racism. Yeah, so is that, so is that the, uh, is that she happened? is like fantasy Russian. Mm. Um, 
And in this world uh, of Shadow and Bone, the fantasy China is called uh, uh, Shu Han. And okay. uh, I don't know. Um, and uh, in the books, if I understand it correctly, I've never read them. But if I understand them correctly, in the books, her ethnicity or race is never mentioned. It's just kind of presumed that she's basically just like just Russian, just Russian, Russian. Yeah. Um, and um, oh, yeah. Uh, Alina is her name. And uh, in the show, she is played by uh, Jesse May Lee. Uh, who is, I believe, half Chinese. Uh, and the character is now half Chinese, uh, like canonically in the in the show. Right. You know, uh, but then they make it like a big deal. And they just kind okay. of bring it up all the time out of nowhere. Like, I don't know. It's just like, do you think it's one uh, of those a normal interaction? And then suddenly, huh? But I can tell by your eyes. And you're like, what? <laughs> do you think it's? Why? Do you think they did that because they were like, oh, but like people are going to say that this character is canonically whatever this fantasy Russia is, and then so they tried to like justify the casting. Do you think that's why they did it? I think it's because they wanted to make a like uplifting or fighting against racism story. Uh, I overcame. that wasn't necessary. I think fighting. <sighs> I think combating racism in this in this case could have just been left at like we have this character right. who's awesome and who's half Asian or half Shuhan or whatever, mm. half Chinese. Uh, and we, that's, and we leave it at that. Like it's, it is okay sometimes to just leave it at that. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But it just felt very I'm, like forced, you know, I'm glad you watched a Lewis Tan thing though. I'm, I'm glad yeah, you, you finally Tan, saw a thing. He kicked people real good. He, he, he has kicks real good. Really, he kicks real good. He, he has this, and I don't know about the uh, historical nature of it. Maybe it's a real deal thing. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but he does have what is basically a, a, a katana length hilt with maybe a third of the blade. It's so small, and I don't understand it. Oh. So he's wielding it, and his hands are like this far apart, right? They're yeah. like maybe a foot and a half, two feet apart. And then a blade that's like mm, maybe like a, like a foot and a half long. <laughs> it's just very strange. Oh, interesting. Is it a, uh, it might be a, an, I think it's a, it's a Nagamaki. Maybe. Like I said, I don't know the historical nature, but well, look, look at Na in... Nagamaki. I think that could be it because Nagamaki have like a really long handle and like a blade that's like almost as long as the handle. I think that might be it. Nah, 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 nah. That's not nah, it. Nah. It may Or do you think maybe. it's like a fantasy version of it? I could see it being that. I, I don't know for sure. It's possible. But okay. it did look silly in big burly Lewis Tan arms. I I <laughs> I think it's a Nagamaki because I've seen Probably. I've seen like replicas and I'm 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 gonna pull up some pictures that I, I that sound exactly like what you're describing. Um Yeah, I'm look I'm looking up trying to look up photos of yeah. him and Shadow and Bone. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to ask you was what were your thoughts on the D&D Beyond VTT de like demonstration, I say with air. Uh, I did not see much except for some screenshots, so I don't know. You didn't watch um, it? It just, from what I did see, mm. it seems interesting. Uh, I am worried about like... Accessibility. Accessibility or running into like the issue of combating the system. You know, well, one of the things that they were really, um, I think they were really clear about when they were communicating, uh, they were really clear to communicate that 
the um, if you want to like bend the rules or skip things, you should be able to do it with this VTT. Sure. Like if you're me, you don't track HP. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were they were clear about that. For me, it's just I'm. I mean, it looks incredible. It looks like Tailspire, but better. Like I, I they haven't showcased really how you build maps, but the maps look cleaner than Tailspire. Um, if you can build them faster, that would be incredible. Um, but yeah, my concerns are really about accessibility and how they're going to monetize it. Like obviously access to the VTT is going to come with a subscription. So can one person run the VTT and just have others watch? Or does everybody have to you know, have a subscription of the same tier? Or what happens if one person has access to yeah. content that the others don't? Does the DM have to have like all of the content or what if like, you know, you're a high tier subscriber and I'm not, but I'm the DM or do you have to host and then give me host? Like, I'm very curious about how that's going to work as well as the, like the technical requirements, right? Because like everybody in the video, shout out to Mackenzie, um, we're using like what appear to be like high powered laptops, like gaming laptops. So is this thing just going to chug along? Uh, like if you're if you're running like an old PC or if you're will it be browser based? Will it work on Mac? Like I know that certain browsers can't even handle Foundry VTT. Like you have to turn off hardware acceleration on Chrome to get Foundry <laughs> yeah. to work. Like yeah. what's going to happen with this VTT? I I'm I'm really worried that you're going to need a high end rig to be able to just have that fluid experience. And even then, when they yeah. were showing it, it was like dropping frames when the dice were rolling on the VTT. Yeah. And like, you know, I have like many, uh, especially over the pandemic, you know, I have, uh, had the fair share of suffering when it comes to like trying to run the game online and someone has a dookie, uh, potato computer. Yep. Uh, and they're lagging, they have bad internet, you know, um, you know, and if and if their internet is bad enough where some of my friends can barely handle Discord properly, where it's just the internet's bad, how are they gonna handle all the upload and download uh oh, of yeah. of that game? You know, like, there are it, so many new loops to have to jump through. Like is it gonna be like close all of your tabs, have nothing else on, just have Dean Beyond? <laughs> like you're supposed to role play a tender moment between these characters it's while like, one of them is rubber banding across. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> screen yeah yeah <laughs> like or you I, have like I this just, moment and somebody just starts interacting and like breaks the map and you just everybody just falls below the map god yeah like yeah and like at the end of the day it looks cool yes it'll probably be cool it's just that i think the question is who will it be able to be cool for yeah right? and like what 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 is going to be accessible like do you need a full subscription to access it at all is it going to be a free yeah. version can you yeah. do you have to like how are they going to monetize maps can people monetize their own maps i might have missed that uh but is there going to be a marketplace like look at what uh epic has done with fortnite and unreal like you can build your own games now using unreal with fortnite yeah. assets and anybody can monetize and i was just watching a video on this and people can get i think it's 40% cut from anybody any any purchase of their module on the marketplace like what's this gonna look like uh i mean with epic it's free 
anybody can download it. Like it's 45 gigs. I'm literally downloading it tonight because I want to see if I can make stuff with it. Uh, I don't play Fortnite, but using this AAA engine to actually make your own games using assets that are already made seems like a really cool exercise. Um, But how will that work on D&D Beyond? I really don't know. Uh, I am very curious. I have a lot of questions, but I do have some hype. Like, it looks cool. I'm glad. It's exactly what I thought it was going to look like. Um, But I really want to know the technical requirements. I I want to know how it's going to be monetized. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, when they when they pulled together that reel, you know, to show off everything, they picked out the best moments, not the worst moments. Um, You know, so if I, I there may be issues even during that recording session where there were, you know, glitches and just really bad dream dream frops frame dream drops frop? is all I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know um that we just don't see yet you know but yeah once it's out into the public and people are using it i mean they'll find every little busted thing about it you know i i really hope they do some sort of like community qa like do it the way like blizzard did diablo 4 just like be like hey free yeah, weekend just- anybody can try it go nuts we'll yeah. collect feedback like they should yeah. treat it like a video game and I think it would do well to put some of that, I guess, power into the into the community's hands mm-hmm. uh, about the direction of it, Especially because, the OGL. you know, oh, yeah. Whilst he lost so much faith uh, when it came to the OGL situation, among many other things, you know, yeah. uh, but the OGL really is what uh, kind of blew the top off uh, of the whole thing. Um, I think it would be good of them to really be directed by a lot of community feedback that doesn't mean that you know the community should be making all the decisions the you know any individual community member doesn't necessarily have all the answers nor do they understand fully what the problem is and anything but like you know the community has uh, a voice and i know that they probably want to be heard at this point you know we always do but especially now you know oh yeah 100 percent. like i just I don't want them to not do any public testing and just release it and then just have it be terrible. Right. They got to do some sort of early access, maybe some sort of timed betas. Yeah. Um, Some dev, some dev uh, vlogs or something like that. Yeah. Like maybe get in touch with like writers. Like like talk to streamers, talk to writers, see what, you know, they think of the tool. I mean, maybe this is something they'll do at the creator summit. I don't know. I'm attending virtually. Um, uh, I'm attending, so we'll see. And like, I will have mm-hmm. lots of questions about how it's going to be monetized and what the technical requirements are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'll report back to you in the next episode of No Dice, No Problem. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. But I just, uh, I have high hopes, but I'm tempering my expectations. Um, now, I wanted to ask you a question. and Okay, I'm scared. Yeah, I want to ask you a question. It's actually something that, you know, kind of came from our patrons as well. Okay. You and I talk about, like, at the beginning of this episode, we were talking about, you know, survival games. like, But mostly yeah. video games, right? Yeah. Would you play a post-apocalyptic survival tabletop RPG? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Um, or have you already? I... I have not. I have okay. not. not. Not to my memory. Uh, I have always wanted to. I um, am very, very excited for The Walking Dead 
uh, TTRPG Dude, to come out. My, because- my God, this Walking Dead TTRPG. They have made like 669, oh, almost 670,000 Canadian dollars off this RPG and they got six days left. Yeah. Like, incredible. I may not back it because I'm broke, but uh, I am very excited for it because um, I love zombie movies. I love zombie anything. Uh, I'm really, really into all that stuff. And yeah, I would love to play something like that. So you've watched, so you love zombie movies, but is this this in theory or do you actually watch them like John Wick? Oh, no, I've watched, um, (laughs) I've watched basically all of the like well like like the george romero like of the okay. dead series you know uh i have watched every have you seen, have you seen zombie 2 no you have you haven't seen zombie 2 i don't know man okay so zombie 2 zombie without the e it's an italian zombie movie and it, it, nothing to write home about when it comes to like the actual plot but there's a really famous scene where a zombie fights a fucking shark. Now, this is a movie oh, that see, that's was, fine. Yeah, this movie is incredible um, for that scene alone. Literally, the shark's like ripping off the zombie's arm. This movie was made in 1979. And they had a zombie fighting a shark underwater. Such a cool movie. It's a, it's a cult classic. That's fine. For zombies. I, I'm with you. I love zombie movies. Um, but yeah, dude. Yeah. Anything I, like wreck, quarantine, you know, any oh, just whatever. I love Although, how you said. I love really? how you, I love how you said anything like wreck, quarantine. Quarantine is just the American remake of wreck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wreck is better, but oh, yeah, you know, still wreck listen, two. I, I do turn scary. into. Genuinely I do scary. turn into like a uh, just zombie stuff is good stuff, no matter what. <laughs> like, or you know. Jennifer it. Carpenter in quarantine. Did you watch um, Wreck Three? Did you see Wreck Three? I don't think with I the have. wedding. I've seen. I think I've seen bits and pieces. Like, mm. like, because I'll, I'll get on these like, like horror movie tangents where I'll like, and I'll just see like a clip on up. YouTube. Yeah, I'll just like see a clip on YouTube, right, and then right. that'll lead to just another clip and shit like that. Um, so I don't think I've seen it, but I've seen like parts of it because of that. I've seen okay. Wreck One and Two though. Wreck 2 was such like both great movies. Wreck 2 genuinely scared me. I think yeah. I have I have like a huge collection of <laughs> it's weird, of John Woo DVDs and zombie DVDs. I have multiple Xerox boxes full of zombie mm. DVDs. And Wreck is like stands out as like one of my favorite zombie movies of all time. It is now absolutely incredible. Like do like, we want to get into this whole thing of like what is a zombie? What is a zombie? Because I, I don't. with wreck, <laughs> like I don't think we should. I think that could be a whole wreck other episode because like, it's demonic possession. Like, yeah, that's like spread through a bite, right? Something like that. Kind of, but then in like it's wreck like, three yeah. is more zo- is more of a zombie movie. It's less of a found footage film though, like the first two wreck. Yeah, movies. and then I think they went. I back love to found footage films. I think they're hit and miss, but like I love The Walking Dead. Like to circle back to this TTRPG, and I think you know the Year Zero engine is like the perfect way to to do this yeah i've never never played in that system so i don't know what it's like we played coriolis oh okay it's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> listen i can't keep them all straight listen there's so many systems and engines out there yeah but it's like nice and streamlined 
right? Um, yeah. And I mean, they've proven that you can do things like base building with Mutant Year Zero. Uh, yeah. If combat can be lethal, like in Coriolis. Um, I really, I really think it's going to be a good game, and they have a track record of just making good shit. Um, and even though, like, The Walking Dead, like the main series, that like. The TV show, at least, I know is coming to an end, right? I know there are like spinoffs like Fear the Walking Dead and stuff like that. Uh, it is over. It is it's over, now. right? So, but but aren't, isn't yeah. there going to be another like main series that's not Fear the Walking there Dead? There are t- two spinoffs, three like, spinoffs. Rick is not really dead. Oops. Yeah, so... Oh, whoops. Sorry, watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, there's a spinoff for Rick and Michonne. Right. There is a spinoff for Negan and uh, Maggie. Okay. Uh, called Dead City, where they're in New York City, I believe. Okay, um, that's cool. Yeah, I'm hopeful for them. Like, listen, The Walking Dead show is probably, I think, having watched all of it, it is a lot of booty that has these great moments of beauty. You know? <laughs> like, <God>. but <laughs> but you know, because like, there's just there there are just moments like with any long form TV show that right. goes on for a long time where there's just drivel, you know? Yeah, um, they just like kind of drag it on. God, do I love that drivel, you know? <laughs> I, I I love Walking Dead. I did not like Fear the Walking Dead though. Fear the Walking Dead got too wild mm. too fast. Did you like um not Walking Dead, but did you watch Kingdom? I did. Yeah. Did you like I fucking love Kingdom. Kingdom is is I think top three all time for me. Oh Kingdom is just, zombies of any of anything it's kingdom is so good and it's what you could if you did like low fantasy if you did a ttrpg it would be kingdom i would play so i would if someone came out with a kingdom ttrpg i'd play it instantly you know there's a video game it looks terrible it looks terrible oh well you know it looks terrible (laughs) okay but kingdom like first of all historical korea yeah incredible stuff right you have like swords bows and arrows you have have explosives so and, far, you're only describing Walking Dead. Sorry, that's true. <laughs> they have bows. They have yeah, explosives. And guns. <laughs> and, and guns, too, actually. Shit. <laughs> but, like, I think the story behind, like, the plant in Kingdom and, like, the, the court drama and the intrigue, I think it just makes for a... It is a D&D campaign. Right? It's a D&D yeah. campaign. Uh, and, and then the movie, also good. Also yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, I, I, Sorry, I, now I'm just imagining Daryl Dixon... In, 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 like, in historical Korea, period, like historical Korean clothes, he's still got his vest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not shaved. He looks exactly like he would in any particular. This crossbow with his in. elbow really high. <laughs> God, I, yeah, I, I want good survival TTRPGs. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna buy The Walking Dead. I don't know if I'll back it, mostly because like I won't play it right away. So when it comes out in stores, I'll get it in stores. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's funded. It's fine. It'll come yeah. out. It'll, it'll come be out. Successful. They don't need my it'll money. It'll be in stores. Yeah, they, they don't need us to back them. And like, I know that I'm gonna play the Walking Dead RPG because I'll definitely play it with you. Um, Hell yes! And I know we can assemble a group of people to play it. Can you imagine if we did like a like a Walking Dead RPG, like uh, like an actual plan Asians represent that was just Walking Dead? I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I I, I have really always neat. loved the idea of like running a home game uh like here in, in st louis yeah where we like break out like maps of st louis Dude, and we like done do it. that i've done it 
I've done where it. like if a player if a player goes like, hey, you know that store off of Grand, and I go, I fucking do. Boom! I want to go there. I'm like, all right, let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah, like, do you do you know the uh, the end of the world RPG series? Uh, I don't. Okay, so Fantasy Flight published four end of the world. There's four books: Zombie Apocalypse, uh, Wrath of the Gods, Alien Invasion, and Revolt of the Machines. I have mm. Zombie Apocalypse, and I did exactly what you're pitching. We That's fun. my like a group of friends. We basically got the we got the book and. A part of it is actually making yourself as a character. And mm. we kind of were like, okay, you have to talk about your strengths and weaknesses and everybody kind of debates to make sure you're actually being truthful about how you'd actually <laughs> fare <laughs> during the apocalypse. Okay. But, a, but a part of character creation involved us basically emptying our pockets and being like, this is what we're starting with. That's fun. And like, you know, me, like with my everyday carry, I was like, okay, I got a knife. I got a multi-tool. I got a flashlight. Like I got the yeah. paracord, but like, yeah, it was a lot a, of fun. I have a phone. I have my I have keys. Phone. <laughs> I have a wallet. And like we went and then we had a paper map of Toronto and we were literally like highlighting and drawing on zones where like we had cleared out this area. We can go yeah. here. These are the routes that we could take. And then we would go on Google Street View and Google Earth Damn. to talk about like rooftop, like access to things. And it was that's fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, then you guys started arguing about like the length of the hallway in the bathroom at McDonald's. So yeah. then you drove to that McDonald's and we're like, see, see, I told you I would have survived in this McDonald's for at least a day. <laughs> I had an extra five feet of movement. I could have moved here and I would have survived. Asshole. We should honestly, I think that would be a really fun game to game to play. Maybe we should try into the world. It looks cool, and like the artwork is dope. It's the and it's got like a a, a whole like campaign inside it. Like you can go oh, through the I whole see, campaign see, see. as well, or you could do it in your own city. It was just a lot of fun. Where you survive the zombie apocalypse, and then after that, you have to survive the wrath of the gods, and it just gets worse <laughs> and worse and worse. worse. Season two, wrath of the gods. Season two, um, it's like supernatural. It just gets bigger and worse every single season, <laughs> like a shonen anime. Um, yeah, I think that the cool thing about post-apocalyptic rpgs is that you don't have to think about these grand stories right it's just like hey sure, we're trying to survive yeah. and we're trying to escape right of course there are games like you know dread where you know you're probably gonna die or 10 candles where you're guaranteed to die um and so you just kind of have to have a really simple objective like hey we're gonna get to the the harbor and we're gonna get a boat and we're gonna go to uh, off of toronto there's like center island there are, there are like these residential islands just off of toronto on Lake Ontario. It's like, we're going to get to Center Island and that's going to be our story. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something cool about that because it it really gives the players agency over what's happening. The GM it really isn't like kind of pushing or railroading. It's just like, hey, how do we want to respond? And setting it in the real world, while it does come with a whole bunch of, I mean, there are complications there. Like you have to deal with real world issues. Um, but of course- Yeah, and you, you know, have to deal with like the increased level of like, well, actually, bringing yourself to the table as well, right? If you're yeah, like, I'm because, playing myself. Yeah, imagine, you know, imagine we have all been at the table uh, playing a TTRPG. Like, let's, let's just use D&D as the example. Sure. And, you know, one or actually an even better one. Let's, we're playing Star Wars RPG. 
you know, okay. we're playing Edge of the Empire. We're playing Edge of the Empire or something. All right. And one player knows a lot more about the lore than everyone else, possibly even the D like the GM or whatever. Yep. Um, and so you run into the well, actually, yeah. well, actually, well, here's what uh, I would do. But this imagine is what that. I but do. you're playing the real world where we all have a lot of that knowledge. Well, here's what you do. You basically say everybody's on vacation. In mm. a city that they don't know that well. That's yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, imagine if we did on Asians represent. It's like the Asians represent crew went to a convention and an apocalypse, like a zombie apocalypse, an outbreak occurred during this convention, yeah. and now we got to survive. I think that would be really interesting. Um, and we could just <laughs> and if your character dies, you have to pack up early and leave the convention. <laughs> Yo, no, I was just saying, what if we did an actual play where this was this was the this was the story. It starts that breakout con. <laughs> and all of the people who like our show just get killed by zombies. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just throwing people into the meat grinder. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> our, our treasured friends and compatriots <laughs> and colleagues just. <laughs> hey, but, but if you got like, you'd be like, oh, if you were a patron, we, we can be like, submit yourself as an NPC. I push this person into the zombies and run. <laughs> Descri- describe your, your the end of you, of you as an NPC. I, I grab Mark. World. I throw him in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Mark. I love um, you, Mark. <laughs> but uh, I think you know what I think. I want okay. If folks like this idea, let us know because we'll definitely do that. I think that'd be fun, uh, even if a one shot, like it's just like a convention, and then everybody dies. Um, <laughs> and but, then and then we print out a series of shirts saying i died at a breakout car i survived we can have pins <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and we give we give the red shirts that say i died at breakout con to everyone who died in the actual play and we give green shirts to everyone who lived through <laughs> oh my god this could dude we that should be lit we could do a live show and we could have audience participation like just say this happened like at a con that'd be great this is a dope idea this is incredible this is, we should do this <laughs> like, we what or okay another thing that i i think could be cool we're cooking we're cooking is if we did you ever see what was that i have you seen i think it's called i am alive um yeah uh, uh that's a korean film right it's a tv it's a i think it was a t, uh, was it a show oh it's just called it's just called alive it's just called alive hashtag alive it was a Korean zombie movie, but it's about this like oh, yes, yes, yes. shut yes, in I saw it. in his apartment yeah. complex. What do you think that we could do some sort of live play? That was pretty good. Or some sort of semi scripted actual play where everybody's kind of remote. And it's just called oh, and No Dice, like... All Problems. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that'd be kind of cool. That would be interesting. I yeah. think that would be neat, right? If we, if we, went and did some sort of remote actual play or some sort of series where we're all at our our computers and there's an apocalypse happening happening dude it would be interesting to al- right? almost do like a radio theater thing yeah where it's oh. like the the power the power is still on the internet we're the podcasting and through the, the apocalypse kind of or or maybe it's just a group of friends mm. who live in different places and they're 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 sh- they're like sheltering in place during this outbreak that's happening. 
Right. And they're talking to each other. And it's almost like World War Z, the book. The book. Where there there like, is a whole, where it's just, a whole section of the book that's just like the plot of Alive, where it's that, that shut-in. Yeah, 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 exactly. Where we, where we do that. You know? And, like, what if, what if you know, you know, four uh, kind of moments uh, ahead, one of the characters just never logs on ever, ever again. And oh. they just never know what happens to him. You know? And they don't find out until way later in the series uh, when one of them braves the streets, tries to stop by. Sees them as a zombie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. That feels like a massive undertaking. Huge undertaking. But, but I think like if we did some sort of like one shot zombie apocalypse thing, I think that could be fun. I will never say no to I, zombie apocalypse anything. I'm think, always down. I think... Every every person on the cast would have to be like a big fan of the genre. Sure. Like sure. big fan of the genre. Um <laughs> Oh, you like zombie apocalypses? Show me where you've been bitten. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I think that'd be really cool. I think okay, that'd be very fun. We should look into this. We should look into this. Because I'm thinking yeah, like, yeah. you know, train 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 to Busan, except train to breakout. God, what a great, great film. movie. Great movie. Great movie. I I heard it was meh before I watched it, so I just didn't bother. Yeah, it's kind of meh. Um, but yeah, Train to Busan, and it would be Train to Breakout, or, 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 oh, that'd be, okay, well, off air, we'll talk about this, but (laughs) (laughs) I really like this idea of us doing some sort of one-shot actual play around the apocalypse. I I think it could be really cool, and we can bring something into it. Could uh, even do a um a short a short series of one shots where it is sort of like World War Z the book where it's snapshots of of events you know Sna- or snapshots of different stories yeah right there was um I'm just gonna look this up so David Tennant like Doctor Who um did yeah, yeah. a uh, a web series or a show um during the height of covid and what was it called i have to find it um but it was really cool uh because it was done over zoom uh yes it's called staged um he did it with uh with michael sheen who was in underworld do you ever watch underworld i have not Dude, you gotta watch Underworld. The first movie's so good. Vampires versus werewolves. The vampires are all sexy and they have guns, and werewolves are equally <laughs> sexy but disheveled. Fuck, it's so good. Okay. There's this scene with Kate Beckinsale. She's got her USP match pistols, and she's standing in this hallway, and there's these werewolves coming at her. She pulls out her guns with the with like the match weights, and she just spins in a circle, shooting at the ground, and then poof, it falls out underneath her. God, it's I mean, so cool. Fun. It's that's so cool. Fun, yeah. Um, but in staged they did the whole thing like it looks like it was done over zoom and it was just about like fictionalized versions of both of the actors dealing with the pandemic mm. and i i wonder if we could do like a short web series or something or a, that i that would be dope like i'm i'm like, in like over like, discord or something like make it look like discord and god that'd be so uh, cool. like an unbranded version of discord yeah, like I think that could just be really neat. And oh, okay. Well, we we have lots of ideas, but I I, I want to talk more about like 
TTRPGs and stuff because we got a lot of yeah. like questions from the community yeah. about like the apocalypse because we were like we're gonna do a whole episode on surviving the apocalypse um <laughs> daniel and drew still cannot make up their mind if they want the topic to inform the, the episode the, or just the, talk yes. and then make the topic as they go what comes first the 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 topics or the title we, i mean we, this one could have been daniel and drew talk about action movies uh yeah except drew hasn't seen half of them he's only seen them in theory so we can't do that I, i've seen them in my heart I we could do Daniel and Drew write an action movie and we can write an action movie. We just as an episode action film. Yo, yo, that'd be so fun. <laughs> I, do, I think we could do it, too. I think uh, we could. I think we could hash through a, a, a real a real quick and dirty like uh, outline of a script. <laughs> yeah, I just think a real <laughs> shitty one. Say, it would be a real shitty one about like, who's the main character? Joe Thunderdick or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Hotcock. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god but i think that could be a fun patron only thing um but yeah i i i wanna um i want us to get to some of these patron questions but i love the idea of doing a, a post-apocalyptic ttrpg not even just for content but just for fun like i like the idea of like making character and planning out what we're gonna do like oh we're low yeah. on water obviously there there would have to be a lot of conversations about like, okay, are we going to factor in hydration and water? What about stress? What are like safety tools would be so important, especially if we're like playing ourselves. Like what are some things we are not okay happening? True. Um, are, so like, I, yeah. Oh God, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think using end of the world would be a really good idea. And then, you know, down the line, walking dead when it comes out uh, yeah. would be fun. I think, you could do it with a lot of OSR games too, because a lot of OSR games track like, like harm and wounds that uh, happen to your character. Um, yeah. Even games like Delta Green track like stress, Call of Cthulhu too. Um, but OSR games also factor in travel and exploration, which I think could be neat in a in a fantasy setting. Um, yeah, because like, like I I'm sure you can do a, a rules light zombie game. I'm absolutely confident that you could. Hundred percent. But but I I love the idea of like having to know if I have enough food. Yeah. Oh, tracking, you know, that doesn't mean like, that doesn't mean I ammunition. have to look. Yeah, that doesn't mean I have to look at the back of the can and actually count up the calories any for the day. But just I like some of the extra inventory management, the risks of like, do I take this with me? Do I not? You know, I don't think most of us want to mm. experience that level of realism and simulation within a zombie apocalypse game. But yeah. I do love the idea of like, we only have this much food. Should I take extra food with me because I could get stranded out there with no food, you know, or should, you know, but that will slow me down. Like, I, I like having to think about that kind of stuff. I mean, you could track encumbrance like yeah. wandering blades. We have an encumbrance system and it's like really straightforward. Everything you have so many item slots that you can carry. Right. And then if you had things like oh, you had things like a bug out bag, this adds yeah. to your you know, carrying capacity. Um, but maybe you have a carrying capacity and max weight, right? And so you could have slots and then you kind of have to think, well, how much stuff can I carry? And does yeah. it limit my mobility and certain types of backpacks will affect your, like how your character actually functions. And then you could just use food for things like, okay, you need food to rest, right? You need X amount of food if you want to take 
let's use the D&D equivalent of like a short rest. You need X amount of food to take a long rest. You need a certain amount of food and water to travel from like a certain distance. And you can make it really easy. Like you could literally do a hex crawl and be like to go from hex A to B, it requires like one hex over this much food and water, right? Yeah. And I think like, that would, I would be really easy to do. I would love to be presented with the option or like the the choice within the game to be like, I'm going to choose not to eat today because I just ate yesterday and I need to try to stretch this food as, as long as possible. Yeah, like I've got, yeah. uh, you know, like we got in a fight. My health is low. I also think we would you would have to have a conversation about like, how can you heal? And I think the best sure. way to do it would literally be hit points are not like really your health, but the threshold to which you will receive a real serious injury. So sure. food can restore hit points. But medicine is required to restore wounds. We can even just say it's like stamina or energy. Stamina, energy, anything like that. Because that's what we're doing in Wandering Blades, right? Hit points are your kind of buffer. Um, And then, yeah, so you would have, you could stretch foods, foods used to rest and heal stamina, hit points, whatever, right? Medicine's used to heal wounds, uh, depending on the severity of the injury and whatnot. And then you also need food and water, or food and water can be honestly put together. I think they'd be separate. I think you'd have to yeah. have them separate. Yeah. Water might be. Yeah. When you can survive for, you know, many weeks without food potentially. And, but yeah. you can't survive more than like three or four days without water. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're, they, they work, they just work on two different scales. I think you would need to have systems in place, like really easy to use systems. Like you can't have like, you know, a list of like, like, you know, like you're the equipment section of the player's handbook, but only on food, like cup noodles gives you this much stamina. Yeah. Like, that, that's that's that. too much. It's that, just like, it, it would be worth one thing. this many foods. Yeah. Food it would be units. one thing if it was uh, a video game where they can calculate all that for you, but yeah. trying to look at like five pages worth of tables for every possible food item that could be there. That's just, that's just too much. Um, you would need to you, streamline the decision making because it can't be yeah. like in Sons of the Forest where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to eat these cup noodles and yeah. then this energy bar and this MRE. Yeah. Like, it like would just if be I like was food value of X. If I was running a zombie game, what I would what I would try to say as the, the GM is basically mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, so while you're raiding this uh, gas station, you find uh, some uh, ramen packs, you find. Uh, some boxes of macaroni, you find some jars of tomato sauce, you find this and that, and that will equal two units of food, you, you know? Yeah, and exactly. Then you go, then you go, okay, well, I only have three units of space left in my backpack. Uh, okay, should I just, I'll just take it all. If I have to drop it, I'll drop it later. Well, then you're talking about another system, which was like inventory. So like, yeah. would it be like yeah. a one-to-one? Like, But one yeah, but it would have to, inventory? it would have to interact. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just keep it super straightforward, like a handgun versus like ramen noodles um yeah. or like a, is a rifle equal to that many units of ramen noodles or <laughs> you start like that? playing escape from tarkov where you have to tetris things into place well, well yeah you what i would do is like in um uh Mouse that Ritter. would be fun that would be fun what? if you have a printout have a yeah. printout of of a grid that represents your your backpack Dude, dude, and look, you have like you hand as a gym. Yeah, you hand them Tetris blocks and you're like, if it don't fit, it don't fit like you have too much stuff in your backpack. Yeah, dude, like Mouse Ritter, like the character sheet in Mouse Ritter just has blocks and you put stuff over the blocks. It's like, oh, this thing is two units. It, it covers two squares. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's how I would That'd do the inventory cool. there. And you could just literally write it down on a piece of paper or something. Or you could probably make like a simple, like you could use a spreadsheet. Honestly, you could use a spreadsheet too if you wanted. Like just yeah. to like fill it in however you want. Or like merge cells and then unmerge yeah. cells. Um, yeah, I would track. You would have to track gear. You would have to track food and water. And food and water were, are basically currency for healing and travel. Sure. That's what that's what I would do because you would need to spend food and water to like go so far if you're walking or like if you're driving, driving cuts down the food and water cost of travel by X amount. Right. Yeah. I think that would be like really easy to do. Um, then you might want to track like stress and stamina and all of that. I. You would also want to make sure that the game isn't just about inventory management and crunching numbers and you would just. Yeah, that would get boring. Like, it would get really boring, but I think you would want to make sure that it's relatively rules light. Like I like the idea of having inventory management on top of the year zero engine. Like I really hope that's mm. what the Walking Dead RPG is, uh, because I don't want to. There's no way they don't rules. have some sort of inventory stuff. You gotta it. It like that's what people are expecting because I want to think. Okay, if I have this backpack, what is my carrying? My total carrying capacity is this. Yeah. Awesome. How many things can I put in there? Um, God. This would be a really, really fun game to play. Just like kind yeah. of exploring, getting from point A to point B. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, but that's it, dude. Do you want to answer some patron questions? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so let's go through all the Apocalypse ones, actually. Um, I want to start with uh, Jeremy. Jeremy asked, what are your favorite post-apocalyptic settings or stories? And I think that could be like, I don't think that's like TTRPG. I think that's just like world settings. I think that's world settings. So I think for stories, I mean, we've talked about a whole bunch of incredible sort of apocalyptic stories. I mean, I don't count like Wreck as an apocalyptic story because it's contained within the apartment complex. Sure. Um, but Train to Busan, Kingdom are all apocalyptic stories that we Kingdom's about. definitely in there. Things that kind of get out of control. Yeah. I do like a top three. We could do a top three. Yeah. Um, I think Kingdom's up there. I wouldn't do Train to Busan as like a setting for me, but Kingdom is definitely up there. Uh, do you have Do you have any? Kingdom's in the top three. I don't know what place. Um, then John Wick Chapter 2. Oh, yeah, John Wick Chapter 2. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, that could be John Wick Chapter 3. You no, haven't seen it. No. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Maybe zombies show up. I mean, we know? did see John Wick in, was it at Resident Evil Vendetta? It, it, with Chris Redfield and Leon Kennedy, who are in that uh, hallway, yeah. John wicking all the yeah. zombies. God. Um, so definitely um, Kingdom. Yeah. I would say, I would say Walking Dead for me. Okay. It, it is by no means perfect. Often but what makes the, the setting stand out to you other than it's just like, oh, zombies in America? Because you could say Walking Dead is really similar to the classic Romero zombies too, right? Because it's just zombies in America with all of America's issues. Like what makes the Walking Dead universe different or what makes the setting your favorite compared to other zombie or post-apocalyptic movies set in the United States? Honestly, I think partially it might end up being length just because you get the most screen time with those characters, whereas most of these other. But, but it's character. But the question is about settings or is it stories? Yeah, it's Cause, not. Because Jeremy did ask about it? stories. It's not. Um, right. Like is The Walking Dead like your your favorite? apocalyptic story 
maybe. Okay. I mean, that's I fair. That's fair. But then we know. can't say that it's the setting, right? Because I think for me, Kingdom I think in, is a good setting. Sure, and sure. If we're just vaguely doing top three zombie things, then it would be in the top three. But it, with the parameters of the question, I, I don't know if yeah. it fully makes it into it. Um, because for me, if like top zombie movies like Shaun of the Dead, 100% be there. Ooh, Shaun of like, the Dead I might say that's like a story, but the setting, mm, I don't care. I care about the characters in the story. Right. Uh, definitely Shaun of the Dead uh, for stories. Uh, I, I might also add like The Road, like Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Um, the movie is incredible. The book is also good. Uh, I also like I Am Legend. I Am Legend's real good. I was I, also going to say. Oh, no, go ahead and continue. Oh, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was also going to say uh, 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. So because, like, like that's like the first, at least for rage, me. like the rage. Zombie. Yeah. The, I, the idea of like. Because I, I didn't watch it when it came out. It came out in 2002. I was uh, six. I did not watch it then. <laughs> uh, oh, God. But um, when I did watch it, it was the idea of like, ah, zombies, but they run. But they run. Was like, you know, was was a big change, I felt like. You did know? you watch the, um, the, the Dawn of the Dead remake? Dawn of the Dead's the... The Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead movie. Right? Yeah, but they uh, the original they the one remake, it was like yeah. is the Romero one, and then yes. Zack Snyder did the remake in two thousand and four, years before, um, like twenty eight days later came out. No, actually, no, it's after because twenty twenty eight days 28 later, twenty eight days later is two thousand two, two thousand two. So then the Dawn of the Dead remake was two thousand and four, so that came after. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, twenty eight weeks later was two thousand seven. Right. That had you know that has Jeremy Renner in it. 28 weeks later had starring Jeremy. Renner. Yeah. 28 weeks later. That's the one where they're uh, trying to. Very forgettable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 set in like a camp, right? Like they have some sort of refugee camp and like. I, oh, I vaguely remember. remember. I don't know. Killian Murphy fucking Killian's it, you know, in 28 days later. I love yeah. that guy. So shout out to Killian Murphy. Okay, so you would say the 28 days later world with the rage-filled zombies where they run really fast. I think that's dope. But also, uh, I think it's like... But also of, how it's, it's transmitted, too, because there's that one scene where it drips into the guy's eye. Yeah, super good. Okay, super good. I, I, I agree I, with you on that. Part of, my, part of my reason why it's one of my favorites is because, at, you know, I am not a historian of zombie entertainment stuff. Maybe someone else did it before them. But for mm. me, I felt I feel like in the timeline of zombie films, 28 days later, did some like game changing things. Yo, running zombies. I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Yeah, like, I'm dead. Have you. What about The Last of Us? Because I think we would we get roasted if we didn't talk about The Last of Us. Um, I, I'll say from like the video game uh, with like cordyceps and spores. Things like, I did it a little bit differently in the show. I think it's very good. I think the only reason I don't put it into like a top three for me is because I've never played it because I, I didn't own a, oh, okay. you I don't don't PlayStation. Own a, a PlayStation. Yeah, I um, I thought Last of Us was really cool. But again, it's one of those things where. I like the setting and I love the stories. I think it would be up there in my top three, but I don't know if we'd consider them zombies because are we talking about the undead? Uh, eh, I feel like they, they fill the zombie niche. OK, the loss of agency. If, if we want to um, go with this, they they fulfill the vibe. <laughs> OK, yeah. So Last of Us would be another one in my top three, like Kingdom, Last of Us. Yeah. Um, there's also a really good movie based on a book, the same name called The Girl with All the Gifts. Uh, 
and it's got um, Gemma Arterton. That sounds so familiar. And it's a similar like dystopian future where a fungus is basically, you know, turn people into zombies. And they're also fast in that one too. But there's like a girl who's like kind of immune. Isn't um, this the one where they're... Isn't there like a bunch of kid zombies in this? Yeah, there's like kids and they're like... Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember yeah, this. Yeah. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. Girl with all the gifts. But it's very similar to like The Last of Us. Um, yeah. I would say that... Uh, yeah, so for me, still it's Kingdom, Last of Us, and then Shaun of the Dead for story. Last of Us for both story and setting. Kingdom for both story and setting. Um, those are my three. For me, no particular order. Okay. No, actually, in, in this particular order. Kingdom, uh-huh. 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll throw, we'll throw uh, uh, just a, a sidewinder in there. Okay. Death Trooper from, the, from Star Wars. Star Wars Death Trooper was such a cool story. I'm, I'm it sad was so I good. Can. It, yeah so good so that good okay book, i respect i that. read that I book that. way too young <laughs> i remember when that came out. i was in undergrad when that came out no that's a that's a throwback way to go um that, yeah i, I that agree with that book is just incredible um god no. gave me so zombie many zombie stormtrooper it's dead space in the star wars universe yeah so good. yeah yeah so good um we actually answered jeremy's second question if you guys were on the run were, were to run into the world uh, how would it go down and which of y'all would die first? Well, we talked about how we would run it and that we would love it. Who would die first? I mean, we asked this question before. Me. Listen, 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 I'm a big boy. Um, I just think you're also unprepared, too. We were literally talking about, like, I've got <laughs> bug out bags here. Dude, when the pen. So my parents are are like preppers, like in like real life. Like my parents, like always into preparedness, always sure. into making sure we got tons of water, power goes out fill tub get water uh always have stores like my mom labels all of their like preserves and everything like my partner yeah. and i do the same too literally pandemic happened here and the fucking nerd in me was like i've been preparing for this my whole life this is my moment this is my moment and like i already had all the toilet paper and all the water and and literally everything like yeah. at the start of the pandemic i had enough stuff here like sarah and i had enough stuff here that we did we wouldn't have had to leave like the condo for like two or three months. Like ready. Yeah, I'd probably die. Yeah, it's me. I got I got like I got like we got bug out bags here. We're like ready to go. Like I've got like three days worth of food and water in here. I've got clothes. I got cro like I got tools, first aid, I got everything. And then in our car, if, we have yeah. get home bags. So if something happens when we're away from home, we got a kit. That's mobile. That's designed for us to be able to get home to our stuff. Listen, if I if the zombie apocalypse went down like today, tonight, knock on mm. wood, um, I would I would zoom straight. Listen, I'm a parks employee. I'll go to the parks you know, and I will zoom over to my one of my workplaces the historic daniel boone home come visit <laughs> yeah. me i don't really work there anymore do not I mean, visit but don't visit me i won't be there <laughs> but not during the apocalypse but not during the apocalypse no 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 if if it's the apocalypse do not go there i do not want to see you i will <laughs> shoot you on site I, I do not play those games i but but uh that place has has its own water supply you know it's got everything it yeah. needs 
you know, it's out there in, in the boonies, you know, <laughs> like, uh, Look, I think we would, it's we great. both would stand a chance. I think we, yeah, both yeah, stand yeah. A chance. yeah, yeah. Um, it's got multiple buildings all made out of stone. They're well, not all, some of them are made of stone, but like the last, you know, I got yeah. this. I think I got you got this. this. I think you got this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think this is also an interesting story because uh, before we started talking, um, like before we started recording, I was talking about how there was this study that was done by this website called rentola.ca. Oh, yeah. so it's a Canadian website where you can, I guess, find rental properties, like find an apartment or whatever. And they did like a, they collected all this data to basically identify what, what are like the worst places in Canada to be in, in the event of an apocalypse. And they did it based on five groups of data. So they had vulnerability. So this is like, uh, I guess, population density, perceived physical, mental health, number of visits to the, uh, to the REA. I don't know what that means. Uh, they had hideouts, average household size, if there's greed space, housing vacancies, supplies, if there's like uh, green areas, I guess. Uh, but I would also assume if they're like a transportation hub, uh, safety, crime rate, total firearms in Canada. Actually, there are a lot of firearms in Canada. Um, use of discharge pointing and total weapon violations, I guess crime rate. And then mobility, like if there are literally places for you to hike and, and walk, like like bike lanes and things like that. And Toronto, tw- number 29, number 29. Um Number one in the worst place, I guess, or is this the safest? Uh, let me just make sure the best or worst cities. I guess the best city is Edmonton. I guess if you if you look at Edmonton is number one. Uh, Toronto is all the way down on twenty nine. <laughs> uh, I think I think Toronto is pretty bad, but at least we beat Montreal. Um, but if you go to like uh, what was it? Uh, like safety. Um, <laughs> It's like Saskatoon, number one. Um, and like Toronto, number 11. We ain't that safe here. Uh, <laughs> if you get like transportation, uh, again, Edmonton, like it's like right in the middle of Canada. It makes total sense. Toronto's 15, though. We got lots of highways and bike lanes. Supplies, I honestly thought Toronto would be higher. Um, but Guelph, Ontario is number one. Like in my mind, Guelph's like a, like a university town. Uh, same with Kingston, another university town. Um, a lot of them like are, are like all in Ontario though, which is really cool. Um, Toronto though, I don't even know where Toronto is there. Got to keep scrolling. Toronto's number 29 there. Um, shelter, Toronto's number four. Housing's, you know, really expensive in Toronto. There are a fuck ton of condos. Um, mm. and then what's, what's the bandaid icon? The bandaid icon is vulnerability. Uh, and, um, I feel like this one's extremely biased too factoring in a lot of other things uh but toronto surprisingly is 35 i thought toronto would be more vulnerable just because of like population density but i guess they're factoring in healthcare and all and all of that um, yeah i'm looking at a list of u.s cities all done by hmm. lawnlove.com my oh. favorite the <laughs> best place for your zombie <laughs> apocalypse needs and uh i i've been scrolling for a while and i don't right. see st louis but but number seven, Springfield, Missouri, pretty good. Is that pretty is that close? How close is that to you? Would you be able to get there? Uh, it's like through two three hours drive. Okay, so like triple or quadruple that in the event of the apocalypse. 
Oh yeah. Highway oh, yeah. highway's gonna be clogged up, probably gonna have to walk. Um fight your way over there. Yeah. But for yeah. some reason Orlando, Florida is number one. And I just do not agree. <laughs> People are just gonna be like hiding in the park using mascot costumes as armor. Yeah. It's it's Orlando, Salt Lake City, Utah, Honolulu, Hawaii, Portland, Oregon, and then Colorado Springs, Colorado. I could see I could see Portland. Super green, a lot of cyclists. Yeah. Good infrastructure for, for transportation. You know what would be really interesting though? If you did like if you were doing like a TTRPG one shot and you it was yeah. set in, in Florida and somebody took Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and made that into a settlement. And that was their <laughs> stronghold. And every they just went they went absolutely nuts and everything was just Star Wars. Like That's the funny. Jedi Order will save you. That's funny. The yeah. Rebel Alliance <laughs> will save you. Or somebody just went the Empire. I mean, and then you got all the uniforms to it, everything just from like the employees. Kylo Ren just walking around surviving the zombie apocalypse. And then you've got like the fact. Yeah, I think this is also a really cool campaigns in because then you've got like Universal and you've got like the Avengers Academy or whatever. And you've got all like the superhero faction. That would be so apocalypse. that, that this would be is so a great fun. idea. Like this is a just, good idea. Just within all the theme parks. And then you have like. I guess you could have like I don't know if this is actually in Orlando, like Mar a Lago. I think is its own other thing, and that's dystopian wasteland. Yeah, no, fuck the place. First to go, um, but then you've got like all the like the Airbnbs and all the like the Snowbirds residences, and everything. I think this would be an interesting setting, just like just all the different theme parks and how they become their own twisted factions. That could be really interesting. That'd be fun. That'd be really That'd fun. Be fun. Um, and I guess. Uh, but I guess based on safety, I don't live in one of the safest cities in Canada. So maybe I'll die first. Like, I don't live in the heart of downtown Toronto, so maybe my chances are slightly higher. I am closer to green space. Um, and oh, I'm, I'm number 54. Nice. In the yeah, grand scheme of all wait, cities in the... I mean, no. all cities in Canada, I'm 29. So I think numeric, like based on these two studies that are totally independent of one another and not scientific whatsoever... I'm in yeah. a safer city. I'm number 54 out of 200. 29. Here we go. Um, so 29 out of what, though? These stu- these totally peer-reviewed studies, Jeremy has yes, indicated yes, yes, yes. That, that Drew would die first. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Kat had asked, what item of, like, so archaeology question, what item of yours do you think archaeologists would find after an apocalypse? And how do you think these future historians or archaeologists, they're different, uh, would interpret it. Do you have... I know you had something you were eating with, but... Um, oh, yeah. They'll find a very confusing uh, arrowhead. Of a, <laughs> like a, a, a yeah. flit-napped arrowhead. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You do know what I have here? I do have a compound bow right right here. My, my, yeah, my yeah. Bow. Um, here, just take take this. Just attach it and just fire that. Yeah. That'll, that'll work out well. I don't know what... I'm just like... What see when I'm thinking like in the apocalypse, how long are we going to wait? Is it like are we going like centuries into the future and the world is just like rubble? Because I'm also thinking of like what will degrade over time. I'm also thinking let's about say two hundred years, two hundred years. Okay, two hundred years. So most of the things here would be fine. I'm thinking about like the room I'm in right now and what people are going to see. And obviously, yeah, think like, basically try to think of like yeah, put okay, put yourselves in the mindset of a field school student. They're trying to get their undergrad. Well, like. Like I'm this is like in this is my square. This is the square. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, this is they. This is their first field school. 
you know, they're so excited. They just learned about the difference between a shard and a shard. They just, uh, a part, just a boner for archaeology. A right? part of he's going to be like, not that I want this to survive, but I feel like the universe would do it in a way where basically like, the, only thing they, the only thing they find is Oriental adventures. Basically, um, <laughs> basically, Daniel, what is their holy shit? This must be a sword moment. Are you calling me out? <laughs> Are you calling me out for? Uh, Don't worry about it. Okay. What is their holy shit? This must be a sword director. Come over here. How, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> um, if you it, only true fans of the podcast know about this. Um, um, I would say for me, they would go, dude, this guy must have my any awards. No. <laughs> yeah, they find my any award. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, award. Just, <laughs> I'm dead in my room and they just find my any award. Uh, on you? <laughs> yeah. It would be like, oh, these dead deck like decorated military officer i actually i actually wore my any award uh to D the other night to make sure my my fellow players knew who they were playing to with exer- exert your dominance yeah, yeah yeah i had to i had to no, no no uh they would find basically one of them would turn to the other and go dude because they still use that term 200 years from now dude, dude this guy must have had thousands of dollars in miniatures in these little figurines they must be for some ritual purpose the weirdest (laughs) part is oh my god i mean it's been like 200 years right we dated parts of the site so it's like maybe 200 years old all the paint it's weird all the paint got stripped off i guess in the 200 years i thought paint lasted better from this era and then they take it to a lab they test for paint none of it's painted no Okay. So then they go, this so you're, dude you're, you're, spent you're, you're, thousands you're of dollars on miniatures. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm trying and to think he just what never painted any of it. They'd also find too many. Uh, it would be like all the tabletop energy RPGs. drink cans. Okay. I know what it would be because I, I'm thinking of what an archaeology undergrad at a field school would really gravitate towards. I have a an unlicensed scaled i can't get it right now because it's being the block in my display case but i have a scale replica of a ring of the ram the D magic item that's fun that's fun yeah i have that a, would a, and i then think i shit myself if i was that student right because it, it looks really cool uh you, you know what like um, no i'll, I'll here, we'll, go, we'll get go get it go get it go get it okay go get it hold the air there's just like so much <laughs> they'd find uh what else would they find they'd be like why does this guy have three fans in his room okay okay here we go <laughs> this is my my ring of the ram that's dope it's that's cool, cool right it's it and it's it's metal where'd you it's get it from etsy nice nice it's really like if you if you fucking punch somebody with this that that <laughs> would hurt what if that connected right at the nose? <laughs> That'd be so rough. God, yeah, the, the ring of the ram. I think this is what they would find, and they'd be like, what is this? And they would find all these, like, like the player's handbook, the dungeon master's guide, and all this stuff, and maybe they, if the pages survive, there'll be this like, ring of the ram. They try, to, they try to recreate this old-ass yeah. game called D&D. Yeah, 100%. And I think the ring of the ram would be the artifact that sends this undergrad down this spiral. Um, but yeah, Ring of the Ram. It's, it's like metal. It's like 
That's cool. It's like real heavy. Um, I, I love it. But yeah, I think that would be the artifact that they would find because I think it would perplex them because it is unlike any of the, the jewelry trends of the time of the age. Um, they'll look at this and be like, oh, is this like, this is weird anachronistic style. Um, but then they'll also see the all the TTRPG stuff here and then the Ennies and they'll be like, oh, like such wealth, such opulence. Um, yeah, um, I think that would be it. I think that would be it. Um, we got it. We got, we don't have much time left. So we have a couple of other like questions that we should run through. Uh, yeah. Jeremy asked, what do y'all think of Dark Sun? Don't care for Dark Sun. Don't care. Don't care for Dark Sun. Uh, it, Aimless asks, what yeah. aspect of modern civility are you secretly eager to throw off in the apocalypse? It's going to say a lot about ourselves. I can walk into anyone's house and absolutely with your shoes blow up on. the bathroom with my shoes <laughs> on and just, and just blow up the massive bathroom dumps and feel no shame. I like that one. I think that might be. And insane. like, you know, if I if I flush. And Why it would you flush? stopped up if it? Hey, because I'm a because I'm a good citizen. Yeah, but this is we're talking about. What aspects of modern civility are you secretly eager to throw off? Yeah, so yeah. Yours is and like if I flush the act and it gets of taking... stopped up, and if it gets stopped up, you ain't plunging. I walk out the door and I tell nobody because there's no one to tell. Right. So yours I never is... have to live with the shame. Okay, but you still flush in yours. Yeah, because I'm a good person, Daniel. Okay, well, apparently I'm not. Uh, my answer <laughs> would be like, oh, this is Asians represent. I'm going to wear my shoes in everybody's house. Um, can you imagine, though? Like, I mean, like, if we did an Asians represent TTRPG, every time the characters enter a new settlement, they take off their shoes. <laughs> you're the first to die. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, as soon as you have to run, and you're running and every, the brambles with your socks on. Like, now, it's a diehard, now it's a diehard scenario. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Aimless also asked, after your experience with the pandemic, uh, do you think people would actually run from zombies if politicians were denying their existence? Yeah, yeah. I think the the people who deserve to survive would run. I I think yes, because I think not to get into some like, listen, no bummers on this podcast, but no, it's know, just it comes, only no dice. Yeah. Um, when it comes to when it when it came to the pandemic, I think for a lot of people, unfortunately, it seemed very invisible. You know, oh, oh my our experiences, has, our experiences were so different. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things hardly changed uh, in St. Louis, uh, or not not even that's not even true. Things changed in St. Louis. Things did not change in St. Charles County, the neighboring county that I worked in. Um, most things did not change. Mm. Um, those of us who were trying wore a mask and that was about it you know like that that was yeah you know nothing really changed in terms of guidelines and when they did they got reverted pretty quickly you know everything went back pretty quickly there um yeah especially once vaccines were out and then it was just immediately everything's a-okay and i was like mm, i don't know about that part but okay um, yeah i mean same here i'm st- I, I still wear a mask when i when like i go indoors like i'm still like pretty cautious yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, yeah, like, okay, people had COVID, but it was like, oh, Jerry, Jerry has COVID, so we just won't see him for two weeks and business per usual, you know, 
And so you didn't have to look at it, uh, you know, and that's not to say that other people didn't. Plenty of people had to look it in the face, especially those who were working on the front lines of the pandemic and the, the health uh, in the health sector, as well as those who lost people or are currently experiencing uh, prolonged issues with long COVID. Of yeah, course, they had to look at it, but a lot of people didn't have to see it. And so it was invisible. If I see someone eating someone on the news, I'm fucking out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I see someone down the street getting munched on like it's fucking Flavor Town, <laughs> like I'm going the other way. You know, there's just something more visible and visceral about that. And Dude. yes, there will be people who won't do anything or won't say anything, or and will think it's a hoax. Yeah, they'll get fucking eaten. But I think the ratio will be far skewed. Toward people running, dude. Yeah, I was. I um, so I, an old job I had. It was at it was at a mall, and there was a there's a robbery. We thought it was yeah. a shooting. They like went into like a Rolex and like smashed the glass with a hammer, and it sounded like a gunshot. Sure, people sure. were like fucking running, and I was yeah. watching teenagers trying to get into shops because they were like, "Well, I want to go and shop." No, get the fuck out of here. This might be a shooting. Yeah. There might be yeah. an active shooter here. And like, oh my God, in survival instincts, lost to some Honestly, people. honestly, when they went, you know, especially me living in the US and especially mm. living in a in a pretty red state, you know, um, uh, that being Missouri, um, I probably won't see a zombie before I start hearing pop, Gunshots. pop, pop, pop. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, that's what I'll probably hear first, you know. Toronto um, to just be screams. Yeah. Just be ah! screams. Yeah. So like, and, and, then, and then gunshots. Ah! Hey. 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 Um, so God, these are these are great questions. These are great questions. I think that I think the thing we took out of this episode, before we get into the off topic question, the remaining sure, off topic sure, sure, sure. questions that you instigated, by the way. Um well, listen, don't worry about it. Uh I think that there is a I don't want to say from our audience, but I think you and I need to play a post-apocalyptic RPG. I'm think, so into it. I think we need to play End of the World. I think we need to play it in just some random city that we don't know. Be like, hey, Kate, Drew and Daniel went there for vacation for some sort of convention. What are we going to do? How are we going to escape? I just thought of a of a small okay. series. Okay, what is it? We play characters... And we 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 take those characters through each of them, but it's like a multiverse. It, they don't connect. They don't connect. But it's the okay. same characters put into different scenarios, into the different the four different scenarios. And are we using different post-apocalyptic TTRPGs for systems? I don't know. I don't know. But it doesn't end of the world have the four different. Uh, it has the four. Oh, oh, so you say we play so all I'm saying, four end of the world yeah. game, and it's like these. And we play those scenarios. Into, yeah, it's not. It's not like they happen in continuity mm. like in the same setting but it's it's like a multiverse where it is four different really versions of the apocalypse <laughs> yeah four really four unlucky people really unlucky people who have to deal with the apocalypse four different types of apocalypses yeah in four different lifetimes i think, I think that's i think that is that's the pitch right there <laughs> yeah. i think that'd be a lot of and we just play through the the as written adventures in those books that'd be fun okay i think i think we gotta do that i think we gotta at least try it um, yeah, yeah. Okay. That said, folks, uh, I want to thank you for like joining Drew and I for this episode of No Dice, No Problem, the show where we talk about whatever we want. 
Fuck whatever yeah. we want. Will we survive the apocalypse? My no. chances are slightly higher because my city is slightly safer than Drew's based on two totally peer-reviewed, totally related studies conducted by realty realtor websites. Um, but <laughs> I, I think we, we stand a fair chance at surviving at least a week. I think we'd survive a week. That's pretty good, honestly. I think we'd survive a week. I think we're shut-ins, so we wouldn't actually be there during the initial outbreak. Because it always happens in like a really public space, like like a restaurant, a club, a bar, a shopping sure, mall. Yeah. But we'd be like, yeah, we'd be at home playing games. And we might even not even notice that anything happened until one of us went on Twitter. We're playing Battlefield. We're playing Battlefield. Slowly but surely, people are logging off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just like, where is everybody? And then we can't find matches. And then the EA servers shut down. And we're like... That does not necessarily indicate a zombie apocalypse. No, that's true. That's totally true. Um, That could just happen normally. But yeah, I think we wouldn't notice until one of us went on social media. Yeah, because if we we were in just like a private Discord server, we might not even notice. We'd just be like playing games. And I think that's what's going to get us through the first day. Just not even noticing. Just like pure ignorance of what's going on in the world. But then the yeah, moment probably. one of us pulls up Twitter, game over. We freak out and we oh basically we shut ourselves in. You for, retweet it. We <laughs> retweet it. Engagement. Um, yeah, I think that's what would happen. Um, but that said, uh, I want to thank you for another great episode of no dice no problem what will we talk about next time i honestly don't know i honestly don't know we'll see although i think i say we, we just fucking wing it well the the creator clash is happening so i think we've got to do uh potentially a live react who knows who knows who knows who knows um, i'm excited for that I want but to see i'm re- i'm just really glad that we do this show uh, i think it's a great opportunity for us to just like be ourselves and talk about whatever we want and be silly yeah, um, but that said, we talked a lot about poop this time, but this was the apocalypse. So um, anything can happen during the apocalypse. That said, we'll see you folks next month. Uh, and of course, make sure to listen to the main Asians represent show where we talk about more serious things. Like most recently, we talked about the OSR and decolonizing RPGs. Mm-hmm.